Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 58 says this. Boy, isn't that a good sound? Amen. Verse 58 says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, I pray over the next few minutes that you'd help us tonight meet the need of this service. God will be careful to give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Indeed, man, you can be seated tonight. I know what 1 Corinthians 15 is. As far as what's happening in 1 Corinthians 15, it is um, what we refer to a lot of times uh, as the resurrection chapter is what we refer to it as. And uh, thank God for the resurrection uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. And uh, we can shout on that because that separates us uh, from all other religions tonight. The, The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I had this wrote down in my Bible and I guess I probably preached it at some point in time, but it says because of the resurrection, sin death was paid. Satan was defeated and suffering was put down. Amen. I like that tonight. All of that is because of the resurrection. And the reason that we can be steadfast, unmovable, always abound in the work of the Lord uh, is because of the resurrection tonight. It's because Jesus Christ uh, indwells in the believer tonight through the work of the Holy Ghost of God. Here's what I want to talk to you about for just a little while tonight. I was going to make this our theme for the new year, but everybody else did, so I didn't. I want to talk to you about this tonight. 2020 vision. Did you get that? 2020 vision in 2020. Our theme for the year, and we're working on our new banners. Hopefully they'll be here in a week or so. But our theme for the year is this, fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight. Not just any fight, but the good fight. Amen. I'll say a whole lot more about that on Sunday. But here's what I want to talk to you about a little while tonight. Having a vision for our church in this new year. Having a vision for our church in this new year. Vision is an essential ingredient in the life of the Christian. Can I say this to you also? Vision is an essential ingredient in the life of a growing church in the life of a growing church. Now, if it's a church that's not growing, uh, it's evident that they have no vision. Think about this with me tonight. For the past 13 years, uh, God has allowed me to pastor, honestly, uh, what I consider the greatest church uh, in all the world. You say, well, preacher, I just don't know about that. Well, I just say this, if I didn't think it was the greatest church in all the world, I'd go to where I thought the greatest church was. You'll never give your best to the church unless you think the church is the best. 
Amen. So I really believe in my heart that it's the greatest church there is in the world. I thought about this in those 13 years. We have saw a lot of souls get saved by the grace of God. Matter of fact, this year we have saw souls saved by the grace of God. I not only thought about that, and I think I've got my numbers right on this right here, but in that 13 years, we have saw eight preachers called directly out of our church. Now, there's more preachers working out of our church, but I'm talking about men that surrendered to preach right here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. We have saw eight preachers called. Now, we have nine preachers that serving in the ministry, either as a missionary or as a pastor, out of our church. Did you hear what I just said? We have nine preachers serving in the ministry out of our church today. And, and I'm just talking about in the 13 years I've been here. We also still have five preachers uh, that's here with us at the church that's God's using. So you say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. We cannot sit around... Uh, and look back and continue to gloat or continue to be proud of that. There's nothing wrong with being proud of that. But it's a new year. Can I say this to you? Don't nobody get offended right here. If you do, it's not the first time you've been offended and it probably won't be the last time. Thank God that Brother Jerry got saved last year. But it's a new year and there's another Jerry out there somewhere. Hey man, if we're not careful, uh, we'll live in a time of praising the past uh, and forget about the future. Hey man, think about this with me. How has all of this taken place? Well, number one, because of God. Not because of man, but because of God. But I would say this, it is also because someone got a vision. Because someone got a vision. Because, amen, tonight, someone got a vision. I thought about the Bible where it said this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is, I think about this, and Dad was talking about seasons last night. There is seasons. There's times that we see more saved and there's times that it feels like that we're in a dry desert. But you know what I have found? Can I be real honest with you in 13 years? Here's what I have found. In those times where it seems real dry, my vision has got blurred. My vision has got blurred. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is picturing how it could be or should be in the immediate future. Vision is this. It's literally taking a picture of the future and bringing it in to today. Can I say something to you tonight? Thank God for a Sunday schooling. But the reason we have that tonight is because somebody got a vision, brought that vision into the immediate time, and prayed and begged God to see it happen. A vision tonight. I want to ask you this question tonight. Sunday school teachers, preachers, laymen, 
those that sing in the choir, those that plays the music. I'll ask you this question tonight. Where do you see your Sunday school class five years from now? Where do you see your Sunday school class ten years from now? Brother Adam, as a young preacher, where do you see yourself in the ministry five years from now? Yeah, Brother Heath, where do you see our youth church five years from now? Where do you see our youth program five years from now? Now, I know I carry that vision with you, but where do we sit, Brother Ryan? Where do you see yourself in the ministry five years from now? Anybody hearing the preacher? Where do we see ourselves? A vision. Is there goals you would like to see accomplished? I thought about this. From the oldest to the youngest, we should have a vision for this new year. We should help me tonight. We should have a vision for this new year. We should have some goals from this new year. From the oldest to the youngest. You know what Caleb said when he was 80 years old? He said, I want the mountain. Caleb said, I'm not settling down here in the plains. I want the mountain. From the youngest to the oldest tonight, we should have a desire in our heart in this new year to do more than we've ever done for God, to reach more than we've ever reached before. Vision. Caleb at 80 said, I want the mountain. Each one of us tonight should have a vision. Now stay with me right here. For serving God. For serving God. I'm sure that some of you, I know some of you is in predominant leadership roles where you work at. And you've probably got a vision for what you want to see done in 2020 in your work. There's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I think you should have a vision about that. Matter of fact, I think every young person in here ought to have a vision on what God's going to do with their life and where God's taking them to. There has to be some planning. And we can have visions uh, for the secular things of this life. But here's what I'm interested in tonight. Let's have a vision for serving God in these days. For serving God. We can get concerned about everything else. Um, I'm sure <laughs> there's some people in this room tonight without a doubt in my mind that you've made some New Year resolutions. Some of you is probably going to lose at least 150 pounds this year. Some of you is probably going to find 150 pounds this year. Are you hearing me tonight? You've made some New Year resolutions. I'm going to ask you a question tonight. In those New Year resolutions, what was it concerning God? What was it? Everybody awake tonight? What was it concerning God? So preacher, what are you saying tonight? I want us to have a vision for serving God. Hear me tonight. For a church to be a thriving church and not just a surviving church, they must, again I say they must, have a vision for serving God tonight. Amen. 
Let me tell you the reason so many churches are dying today because nobody wants to serve God. They want to walk in. They want to sit down on a pew. They want to feel good. They want to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But bless God, don't ask me to do anything else. Don't ask me to fix a meal for a widow. Don't ask me to visit a hospital. Don't ask me to knock on a door. Don't ask me to give anything above my tithe. Here's all I'm going to do. All you're doing is being a surviving Christian. I'm not interested in just surviving as a Christian. I'm not interested in just surviving as a preacher. I'm not interested in just surviving as a church. I want to be thriving in this year. I want to be thriving. How do we do that? It takes blood, sweat, and tears. Say, preacher, Sunday school class is falling off. Preacher, I don't know what. I, how many doors have you knocked on? How many doors have you knocked on? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm telling y'all, if you'll help me, we'll get done a whole lot quicker. How many doors have you knocked on? How many people have you contacted this week to be in Sunday school this coming up Sunday? You say, well, preacher, I, I just, I, you know, there's two vans back there. There's three or four trailer parks just within four or five miles of our church. And you know what? I guarantee you, if you knock on enough doors around here, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I, I can't remember who it was that was preaching, but somebody was preaching over the past few days. It was Brother Tim Rupert. That's who it was. And here's what he said. He said, there was a man walked up to me at the church and said, Preacher, I've got a burden for the bus ministry. We've got a van out there. We need to get some kids. We need to bring them to the house of God and tell them about the Lord. And Brother Tim looked at him and said, hold on just a minute. I'll be right back. He went and got the keys to the van and he walked back out there and he handed them to the man. And here's what he said. Now, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. Don't complain to me about a Sunday school class that's not growing. If you're not interested in knocking on doors, don't complain to me about a youth group that's not growing. If we're not interested in knocking on doors, I have no right to complain. If the church isn't growing, if I'm not knocking on doors, we must have a vision to serve God in these days. Service, service, service to God. What should our vision be? It can be wrapped up in one word, service. It can be wrapped up in one word, service. What is your area of service in the church? I'm going to ask you that question tonight. What is your area? If your answer is, I don't know, then it's time to find your place and serve. It's time to find you. Well, preacher, I just, uh, you know, is there anywhere else to serve? There's two vans sitting out there. I've been preaching it for a year. Somebody ought to run. Well, preacher, why don't you go do it? The preacher can't do everything. Brother Brian's not going to go to every practice with Northern tomorrow and run every practice that Northern has. Let me tell you the reason why. He's the leader. He's got to oversee some things. He can't do everything. Somebody give the preacher a witness tonight. 
What's your place? You say, well, preacher, I really just don't have a place of service. Man, isn't it time to find a place? Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you on Sunday night about a new ministry that we're going to be launching this year that I'm excited about. Dad's the only one that knows about it. I've not talked to anybody else about it yet. Hey, but can I tell you something? There's always somewhere to serve a God. I promise you if you want to do something for God, we'll put 10 phone lines in the church. If you can't drive a car, we'll get you a phone book and let you call every number in it and tell them there's a church that cares about them and we'd like to have them come visit us. There's always a way. Vision 2020. Our vision should be that of service. It should be that of service. One can volunteer to work in the nursery. Can I get an amen? One can volunteer to work in the nursery. Can I get an amen? One can volunteer to work in the youth church. Can I get an amen? One can volunteer to work in Discovery Bible Club. One can volunteer to work in the van ministry. One can volunteer to work in the jail ministry. One can volunteer to work in the nursing home ministry. You say, preacher, brother Joe goes to the one. There's plenty more in this area. If you want to serve God, there's a place to serve at. There's a place to serve at. Vision 2020 is what? It's serving God. Our journey on earth will soon be over. Our journey on earth will soon be over. <clears throat> and the only thing that's going to count is what we've done for God. What was that guy's name last night? That one that daddy couldn't say it. Yeah, that one. Jay Chang. Jay Chang. Jay Chang was what, 57? 53. Didn't look a day over 20, did he? Anyway, he was 53. He stood up last night. And I'm telling you right now, absolutely preached the house down on the judgment seat of Christ. I'm telling you, it put me under conviction, Brother Joe. I just, I wanted to get up and walk out. I'm just being honest with you. But Stan, he was preaching to, and I mean, he was hooked up. Most of the time, Asians stand behind the pulpit, and they got that, that dialect, and they don't say much. And, and he said, I preach, or I speak five different languages fluently, and I talk English a little bit. He said, so if I say something, it don't sound right. I'm not talking in tongues. I know what I'm trying to say. He said, America and the churches in America is in a hot seat tonight. He began to preach on the judgment seat of Christ and us standing in the presence of God that day and giving that account. Anybody can give out a gospel track. Anybody can give out. You say, preacher, what do you say? I'm talking about serving God. I'm talking about serving God. Boy, there's so much that we could say. All men have opportunities. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 9, Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that we may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. There's five crowns. 
Not that we can win to put on our head and walk around all over God's glory land, but to lay back at the feet of Jesus. And the only way we'll ever win them is having a vision for service tonight. For having a vision for service tonight. You say, preacher, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to find it. You're supposed to fulfill it. You're supposed to focus on it. And you're supposed to finish it. There's so many tonight, and I'm fixing to give you a little thought out of the text and we'll go home. There's so many tonight that once one time sat on these pews. Matter of fact, if you look around, there's some that were sitting on these pews last year at this time. That's not here now. I ask you a question, what are we doing? And can I ask you another question a year from now? Will you still be sitting here? A year from now, will you still be sitting here? And I'm not talking about you dying. I'm talking about you having a vision for serving God and staying with it. Can I just say something? And if you get offended, then you just get offended. I'm not sorry. I'm just I'm telling you. I'm about to pull a brother Ryan and say, I'm getting to feeling better and I might just preach against everything for a little while. And I just say something tonight. I'm sick and tired of hearing about church hurt. Well, I just can't go back to church no more. I got hurt so bad. I, you, I'm, you can die. You can holler amen. You can say oh me. Whatever you want to do. I'm tired of hearing about it. I don't. Hey, look up in here. I didn't come to church tonight for you. If I'd have come for you, I promise you he'd be preaching tonight. And I'd be sitting over beside my wife sucking on honey lemon cough drops. I didn't come here tonight for you. I come here tonight for him. And you know what? If you want to talk to me, I'll be standing right back there and I'll be glad to shake your hand and talk to you tonight. And if you want to talk to me any longer, you know that I'm usually the last one that leaves. Well, the preacher didn't shake my hand. Well, did you make a way to him and try to shake his hand? I'm not being ugly. I'm being honest tonight. <laughs> they, some of y'all in this room, I can't tell you the last time you shook my hand and said, Preacher, I just want you to know that was a great message tonight. I appreciate it and I love you. They some of y'all say, I cannot tell you the last time you've done that. But you know what? Tired and weary from not sleeping hardly in any all the past two nights. Tired and weary from preaching my gallbladder out last night and ringing in the new year in church. You know what I've done tonight? I didn't worry about you shaking my hand. But I got my King James Bible. And I put my tie back on and I crawled back up in a pulpit because I've got a vision not for serving you or what you think about me. But I've got a vision for serving God and being faithful to Him. It's time that we forget about everybody else. It's time that we get our feelings off our shoulders. It's time that we forget about whether the preacher talked to us or the preacher didn't talk to us or whether you talked to me or you didn't. I don't care. It's time that we get a vision for serving Him. For serving Him. That's why we do what we do, Dakota.
I got hurt in 19 also. In all honesty, my wife and I got hurt worse in 2019 than any time in the ministry. Our heart got ripped out of us and thrown on the ground and stomped on. Now everybody's thinking, well, who done that? But you know what? I'm still going. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on the Lord. Our vision for this coming up here. Let me show you, let me show you something right here. I promise you I'm about done number one. Look at this. I want you to look at the allegiance. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Be ye steadfast. That word deals with allegiance. Steadfast means this. It means fast fixed. It means firm. Firmly. Fixed or established. Listen to this one. Listen. Are you ready? Constant. You know what that means? Consistency. Some people's real consistent. You never know if they're going to be here. Amen. Look at this, constant, firm, not fickle or wavering. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, because of the resurrection, and the reason that there was a resurrection, it's because there was a Savior that was born by the way of a virgin that lived 33 and a half years in this world and was all points tempted like we was tempted. And he that knew no sin became sin that we may be made of the righteousness of God in him. He walked under the Calvary's tree and all the sin of the world uh, was placed upon his back and he died that day but he did not stay dead one third in glorious morning he resurrected victorious over death hell and the grave and the reason I can be fixed the reason I can be steady the reason I can be constant is because of that not because of you because of that. Allegiance is this. The duty of fidelity to a king. Did you hear what I just said? The duty of fidelity or faithfulness to a king. What about that? You know what he's saying to us right here? Here's what he's saying to us. May God give us some people that will realize, Brother Ryan, that we have a duty to a king. Brother Sean, you have a duty to fulfill the laws of the state of North Carolina. You're a sworn officer and you are held to fulfill those duties. Brother Ryan, you have the same thing. But more than that tonight, I have a duty tonight to be steadfast in the things of God. I thought about this. If our vision is going to be 2020 in the new year, then we must have allegiance.
To the people of God. Did you hear what I just said? To the people of God. It's high time. Look up in here, it's preaching time. It's high time that you quit running your mouth about other people in the church. Yep. You need to help me. If you want us to move on, you better help me right here. It's high time. It's high time that you bust your little clicks up before the preacher busts them up. It's high time that we form an allegiance to the people of the church. You're not going to run your mouth about Robert Potts to me. And you know what? I know him probably better than I know anybody else in this room because we've been together 13 years. And you're not going to run your mouth about me to him because we have an allegiance to each other. We're brothers in Christ. We love each other. We pray for each other. If you'd spend as much time praying for that person as you do bumping your gums about them, our church well amen our church would be a a lot better place I really get worried about that person that knows everything about everybody but they never gossip (laughs) well what do you do I just listen yeah yeah Mama raised one dummy, but she's in Jonesville tonight. (laughs) It's time, amen, that we form an allegiance to the people of God. It's time that we form an allegiance steadfast to each other. To the, watch this, performance of God. This thing's not about my agenda. Some of y'all going, I wish Brother Allen would have preached. If you'd have heard him last night, I'm shooting rose water right now. Are you hearing me tonight? To the performance of God. I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. We do what we do for God. And if you're not doing it for God, then you need to step down from your position. Well, this church would never make it without me. Look up in here. It was going before you ever came, and it'll be going when you're gone. It was, yeah, man. Robert Potts, he was going before I ever came. And if I'm gone tonight, it'll still be going because it's God's church. And he said, upon this rock, uh, I will build my church. uh, And the gates of hell shall not. It's time that we form an allegiance to the people of God, to the performance of God. And it's time that we form an allegiance to the power of God. God, amen. Amen. Be steadfast. Form an allegiance. The allegiance tonight. The duty of faithfulness to the king. Not only does he say there's an allegiance, but watch this. He says unmovable. I see an allegiance, but I see this number two, and I promise you I'm getting somewhere. I see an anchor. There's an allegiance, but also there's an anchoring. There's an anchoring. You say, I'll run you off. You and who? You know what Adam said? I don't even know if he knows he said this. He's wound up preaching, wasn't he? 
And I'm going to tell you what, when he cut a lap around that church, I was thinking, oh God, it's fixing to be bad. His bones are brittle. It's got an elevated floor. And when he started up it, his face got redder. And when he was coming down it, I thought, uh oh, it might be roly poly. You know what he said? Here's what he said. I like what he said. He's a preacher. Look like Shrek. Red faced Shrek's what it looked like yesterday. <laughs> he said, My preacher can't make me stop serving God. He said, you can't make me stop serving God. He said, God, you know what he was saying? Here's what he's saying. I'm anchored. I'm anchored. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Anchored. <laughs> anchored. Anchored. You know what? You ought to make up your mind. Ain't nobody running me off from my place. Ain't nobody running me off from my place. I understand you can stand up and form an allegiance against me because the majority of the church has the vote. That's the way a church is set up. And you can vote me out of the fellowship of this church and you can vote me out as your pastor. However, you will miss God's will for the church. And I believe in all of my heart when you come to that point, God will ride Inky Bob over the place. You need to... Daddy said it this way last night. He said, you need to get a backbone like a saw log and you need to get a two-ton dump truck load of determination and grit and bog in and serve God. People's just up and down and in and out and up. And, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. You know what? I didn't have to worry when I walked out that door tonight that Stan and Shannon would be sitting right there. You tell you the reason I didn't have to worry about it? I didn't have a text that said, Preacher, we wouldn't be there. Well, what is this? The military? We got an answer to you? No, it's nothing like that. If you're a leader in the church, we do ask that you do that. I'll tell you the reason why they're anchored. They're anchored. You know what? We've sat down and talked about things before that we didn't agree with. But guess what? They're still in their place. I'm still in my place. We're still serving God. And you know what? Nobody in the church knew nothing about it when it happened. Yeah. See, they didn't run around and tell everybody. Why? Because they had an allegiance. Well, preach on, preacher. I believe I will. I'm starting to get my second wind. There's an allegiance. There is that time of being anchored, unmovable. Unmovable. I'm going to call a name, and there's probably going to be even some people in this room that don't know who it is. But I'm going to call it anyway, Pam Clement. If you do not know who Pam Clement is, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. If you don't know, come on now, I want you to raise your hand. If you don't know who Pam Clement is. All right, put them down. Miss Pam, stand up. I know you hate this. 
Come on, stand up. No, you got an allegiance to love me. You're not going to kill me. You know what? When I come out tonight, I knew Miss Pam would be sitting in her place. I knew she'd be sitting in her place. You know what? There's never been a time that I've asked Miss Pam to do something that she didn't do it with all of her power and all of her might. They don't many people know Pam Clement. Matter of fact, some of y'all's been coming here for years. You knew her face, but you didn't have a clue what her name was. Why? Because she's just content back in her place doing what she can. You know what? You know what? When I stand and preach, when I stand and preach 99% of the places, if I was to say this, Josh Lawson, I don't nobody have a clue who Josh Lawson is. But you know what happens every time before I preach out somewhere? I get a text message and here's what it says. Preacher, I love you. I'm praying for you. You know what it is, Brother Ryan? He's got an allegiance. He's got he's steadfast. He's unmovable. He's in his place. He's serving God. You know what we need this year? We need to be in our place. Every time the doors is open, we need to be in our place. Watch this. I, I, I'm about done. I promise you I am. There's the allegiance. There's the anchor. What about this? For 13 years, Gloria Martin's been sitting in her place. For 13 years, Julia Shelton's been sitting in her place. I don't have to worry about it. Ganny's going to be there. I know when I'm preaching, she's praying. I know when we're knocking on... Yeah, man! She's praying. There's an allegiance. There's an anchor. But watch this. He says this. Be you steadfast, unmovable. Now watch this. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Always abounding. Now when I got to that word, here's what I thought about. And I promise you, I'm winding down. Here's what I thought about. Lord, you've already said something about just staying with it. Because that was steadfast. So I had to look it up, and here's what the word abounding means when you look it up. You look it up in its context right here in the Greek. It means to be over, listen, and above. Did you catch that? Over and above. Here's what it means to exceed. <coughs> to exceed. Is anybody getting it? We're to have an allegiance. We're to be anchored, but watch this. We're to be abounding. And you know what that word abounding means? That we're going over and above in our service for God. That we're just not the mediocre, run-of-the-mill Christian. That we're just not the one that stands in the choir goes, and what a day that'll be. Woo, when my Jesus I shall see. But we're that one that with everything in us, Brother Matt, and I can't sing because I'm hoarse, but we go, and what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face the one who say there's no reason that our choir don't open the doors when they open their mouth but we have got to a place where we're content 
Well, I don't have to sing loud because Tina's over here on this side and Gay's over here on this side. Let me tell you something, when Tina and Gay's gone, it should still be loud on this side. I'm just of this opinion. If you're going to do anything, do it with all your might. Amen. If I'm going to go fishing, I'm going to do it with all my might. If I'm going to hunt, I'm going to do it with all my might. If I'm going to play golf, I'm going to do it with all my might. I'm not going to play with a set of $25 clubs. I may not be able to hit them, but bless God when I show up, Brother Brian, they're going to think I know what I'm doing. That's right. I'm going to do it with all my might. Brother Ryan, when you caught the football and started to run, you just didn't take your time. Brother Heath, when you round up to throw that pitch, you just didn't give it a little bit. Brother Cody, when you squared up to hit that ball and you made a good base hit, you just didn't drop the bat. No, but with all your might, when you placed that ball right where you wanted it, you took off with all your might, and when you got to first, more than likely, you wasn't going to run past first. You was going to turn it first. Why? Because somebody might make an error, and when they make an error, I've already got all my potential. I've already got all my steam built up. And when they make an error, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to second. Exceeding above. I'll never forget, Brother Stan, you remember this when we had that softball team. You remember this? And I got up there. And I was fixing to hit that night. They throwed that pitch. I wound up on that thing like, like Babe Ruth. Pow, I hit that thing and it went right over the second baseman's head. And you say, what happened? I took off running. And when I got to first, I think Scotty Bullins was standing on first. He was doing like this. I thought, you've lost your mind. They ain't even got to the ball. <laughs> so you know what I've done, Brother Ryan? I rounded first. High stepping, baby, just as hard as I could go. When I got to second, I looked back, and they had fumbled the ball. And you know what I'd done, Brother Cody? I rounded right past second and took off to third. When I got to third, Brother Stan was going. <laughs> he wasn't going like this. But you know what I saw? They still hadn't got the ball. So you know what I'd done when I got to third? Bless God, I rounded third and I started home. And when I got close to home, I locked her down. I didn't have a clue how to slide, but maybe I made it look good. I slid across home plate. And you know what happened? I knocked a home run right there. You want me to tell you the reason why? When the ball made contact with the bat, I wasn't thinking about getting out. I had one thing in my mind and that was going over and beyond abounding abounding oh, Sunday school teacher when are you going to get tired of the ordinary 
preacher boy, when are you going to get tired of the ordinary? Singer in the choir, when are you going to get tired of the ordinary? Abounding. Watch this, I'm done. There's an allegiance, there's anchored, there's abounding. <coughs> Talking about vision 2020. Look what he said in the last part. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Going over and beyond in the work of the Lord. Here's what he said. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If we have the right allegiance, if we will remain anchored, if there will be a time of abounding, hear me, they will be an award. Our labor is not in vain tonight. <clears throat> Our labor is not in vain tonight. Come start playing, Miss Tanya. Our labor is not in vain tonight. It's not in vain. You should preach what he's saying. Here's what I'm saying tonight. Here's what I'm saying. God keeps the record. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you'll go in Jesus' name. Little is much when God is in it. It's pretty joy saying now. Here's what I'm saying. In 2020, 2020, we need the right vision. And that vision is serving God. It's time that we have the right allegiance. It's time that we have the right anchor. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. The songwriter said it this way, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree planted by the rivers, I shall not be moved. We're anchored. But in our anchoring, there is, there is a time of abounding. We go over and beyond. We go over and beyond. When was the last time that you taught your Sunday school class out of the overflow? Not out of your little book that you get. And I'm not against that. We order them for you but out of your overflow. And if we'll do that, Brother Dakota, there is an award at the end of the journey.